Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Hello, Kindle. And hello, world. Hi, world. Welcome to Sisters Talk Brothers, where two real-life sisters discuss not-so-real brothers, family style. (laughs) Good, ain't it? It's great. It's great. It's (laughs) wonderful. It really ties it all in. Mm -hmm. It just feels good. Like, in my gut. I'm like, yes. Let's do this family style. I want to apologize, Kindle. I'm a little under the weather. Oh no, you got a stuffy nose. I got a stuffy nose. I got a sore throat. I woke up and it just sucked. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, it sucks. I'm all doped up on cough syrup and ready okay. to go. You know what? You're going to sound extra sexy on this recording. I know it. <laughs> well, before we get into the actual plot of what we're doing today, I thought maybe we could talk music real quick. I'll talk music. Yeah, I was going to have us talk planes because planes are pretty relevant to this episode. Right. But music came up while I was editing one of the episodes because you referenced a song that I just did not hear. (laughs) At my apartment, I don't have (laughs) Wi-Fi. And so I've been re-watching on the DVDs, Mm -hmm. and you have been watching on Netflix with your fancy-dancy Wi-Fi. And so apparently, the copyright, I guess, is different between the show itself and Netflix, because in my episode, I heard hot-blooded, check it and see, on the radio playing in the Impala but you did not. I heard just some generic rock, I guess. And I can see now when music is missing because when music isn't missing, the subtitles will say such and such song by such and such group. Mm. And other times, the subtitles will just say rock music. <laughs> yeah, gotta, gotta keep their copyrights. So we know in this show that the musical choices are very specific. So when I see just rock music in general... That's kind of a good hint that something has been changed. So so I'm getting the more natural, supernatural experience <laughs> because of my authentic DVDs. <laughs> you, you went old school in your rewatch, so you get all the old school music. Yes. I get the Creative Commons music. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, at least you have captions. I don't. That the captions are nice. They are handy. I mean, I'm hoping, you know, if once we get into like season two, season three, maybe then the DVDs will have the captions, but not season one. They have French. <laughs> God, they have French. It's, like, it's just Dean saying, Sacre bleu. <laughs> Le monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh. 
Um, so as we go through, I am going to be paying attention to certain moments in the show where I hope, hope, hope the music hasn't changed. All right. There's so many good songs. You can't really list them all. I was like, oh, there's like two songs I would miss. I'm going to list those two songs. And I ended up with four and then I had to stop <laughs> because I could have kept going. But there were moments for me in the show that the music didn't just stand out, but it made the scene more powerful for me. Right. I really liked their use of uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. That was my second example. In this season, in just a few episodes, we meet the Reapers. And yeah, when Don't Fear the Reaper starts playing, that's a, oh, it's so good. Oh, probably the number one um, would be Death. Oh, Death. Oh, Death. When he shows up. Yeah, I basically feel like any music associated with the Reapers is just powerful music. But I think the reason why Don't Fear the Reaper stood out to me is because maybe it's just for me. It was the first time that the music stood out and meant something as more than just, this is Dean's taste in music. Generic rock. Yeah, but that it actually helped the story move along. But yeah, Oh Death by Jen Titus. <sighs> I've had that song on repeat more than a few times. And uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of this song, but... um. So excited to see if it's another one of the songs that I listed. Something about the lawman is coming down from the gallows. Yes! That's my number one! Styx Renegade. I still, I can just yes, see that, it. I can see I can it when Dean and Sam pull the get hoods back. off their head and the yes. garage. Yes! That, it was epic. <sighs> it was so fucking epic because, like, first time watching it, that episode was so intense. You're like, how the fuck are they getting out of this? And, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. First time watching it, second time watching it, third time watching it. It's like, oh, you guys are so cool. How did you get away with this? You are fucking renegade. <laughs> yes. Hangman is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. The way the music starts out, like that acapella... You could just feel that shit got real for them and that they're starting to realize that this isn't the small time anymore. They've got big governmental things to deal with. Yeah, it's no longer Monster of the Week. Mm -hmm. This is nationwide. Like, their faces are out there. Absolutely. I absolutely love that the two songs you thought of off the top of your head were my number one and two picks. <laughs> That's beautiful. I had two more songs third song i think you'll agree it's again second season jefferson airplane's white rabbit when that person gets killed by the car do you have heat of the moment no i don't have heat of the moment because while that is like it sticks out to me because when i first heard it i had never heard that song before supernatural and so when it came on I thought the song was saying Dean of the moment. <laughs> You're like, wow, this is a really appropriate song. <laughs> right? And I'm like, he's super into it. I would be too. I love songs with my name. None of the songs I listed were as diegetic as that. 
I like the songs that aren't actually happening in the scene, but are more there to be outside of the scene and Mm -hmm. lend to the story. Those are the moments I really are powerful. For instance, my last most favorite, not most, I don't know, most favorite. They're all kind of equally favorite. In the season seven, when Cass gets his memories back and Yardbirds, Yardbirds? Turn Into Earth starts playing. I'm not familiar with that song, but I love it. No, it's okay. But again, these were all songs that after I heard them on the show, I was immediately on YouTube. I was immediately trying to see if I could download them, have it on repeat, repeat, repeat. The one where Dean's singing... And it, you're a candle in the window on a cold, dark winter's night. Him singing, what? it was great. What is that from? They were leaving um, the roadhouse, oh. and Joe had been playing it on the jukebox, and, like, Dean just started singing it out of nowhere, and Sam was like, you like that? <laughs> And, and Dean was, like, kind of embarrassed, but still prideful, because he was like, yeah, it's, it's not that bad. I'm getting closer than I ever thought I You're kidding, right? <laughs> He's got a soft side. He's got a nerdy side. He, does. he just doesn't like to show it. All right, we'll have plenty of times to talk about music in the future. You ready to talk about this episode? I'm ready to talk about this episode. Oh, let's talk about this episode. I have some things to say. <laughs> Maybe a thing or two? Yeah. Maybe three? Wow. So many things, Anna. <laughs> Let's talk season one, episode four, Phantom Traveler. Can I just say off the top, it was never a Phantom Traveler? Q episode title, which isn't even our monster. I call it a demon plane, or... Plane takeover, or I'm I'm being really bad at titles right now. But <laughs> Planeswalker, uh, or from hell. <laughs> I don't know the flight from hell. Yes, the flight from hell. Call it the flight from hell. That would work. I mean, so far, except for dead in the water, because I guess that was just a ghost, and you don't want to call it ghost and pilot because they were really lazy with that one. They called. I mean, it they when- could have called it woman in white. They could have. They called episode two. Wendigo, and the monster was a Wendigo, and the next episode after this is going to be Bloody Mary, and you're fighting Bloody Mary. It's, like, very specific, this is our monster, but Phantom Traveler, that that wasn't our monster. No, it was not our monster at all. Oh, we have the title cut before the show again, and I'm not a fan of that, as we've said, and this time it occurred to me that you can really tell this show was made before the age of binge-watching, because we're only a couple weeks in, and we're, we're only doing this once a week. We're being legit. Yeah. This recap is so annoying. <laughs> I'm still watching it just to see if there's anything new that comes up, but uh, we don't get a timestamp or a place label at the beginning of this episode like we have so far. We are in various towns throughout Pennsylvania, and all of them are actually real towns. Ain't huh? that nice? Love the accuracy. Yeah, great accuracy. We start out in front of a tropical background, and it's a fun little fake out because you're actually in an airport. 
Going back and watching again, I tried to see if there was maybe a greater reason for the tropical fake-out. No, there was no point to the tropical fake-out. Maybe there was like some metaphor in there, or a greater overarching meaning behind it. I couldn't find anything. I'm sure somebody's analyzed it. Friends out there listening, if you know the greater reason behind the tropical backdrop... Give us your theories. Yes, the email is sisterstalkbrothers at gmail.com. We encourage an interactive community. So we have a nervous man at the airport, and he gets some terrible stats given to him in the men's bathroom. Nervous flyer? Not obvious, huh? You know, what are the odds of dying in a plane crash? I mean, what? 20,000 to one? Wow. That's uh, really reassuring. Thank you. I know. Super not helpful. Like, that, that is just... that He didn't know it, but he was being a dick. <laughs> If someone ever comes up to you and tells you just how likely it is you're going to die, all you are hearing is, wow, I could die. (laughs) Yeah. But then our nervous man is just oh so gently possessed by a gunpowder-shaped demon. We never see smoke like that again. We never do. I like this better, though. I think it might be harder to animate in terms of CGI, and when demons became pretty much an everyday thing in the show, they were like, they decided... Rainy sand or Star Trek-esque nebula being. Yeah. I can see how they would decide, um, guys, we've got like, we've got about 20 demons in this episode. Could we maybe not do gunpowder demons? Yeah, I imagine it's like a much, it's more detailed and would take more time to animate than just smoke. I just loved how tender this demon was with his host. <laughs> just just so sweetly entered the retina. So nice. I mean, not like later demons that, you know, ride them hard <laughs> and put them up wet. Or whatever the saying the is. is. No, they don't... just slam into your mouths in the future. Just like, oh, yeah. take it all! <laughs> uh, real quick, apparently there were a lot of inconsistencies with the airplane flight number, the plane type, serial numbers, blah, blah, blah. I don't care, but for those who do out there listening, we have acknowledged it. They messed up playing things. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying sorry, like it's my fault, but <laughs> it's my fault I don't care. Up in the air, our newly possessed demon man asks what the time is, or how long they've been up there. Before making a very bad joke. Excuse me. Uh, do you know how long we've been up? Cool. Uh, about 40 minutes. Wow. Time really does fly, huh? And I love, whenever he makes this joke, everyone's reaction to him is beautiful. The absolute perfect, that's a terrible pun. Yeah. And he gets up to go fuck with the plane. And he makes, like, really uncomfortable eye contact with everybody along the way. He really does. <laughs> Like, the the kind of eye contact that the normal person, or sorry, not normal, the average person tries to avoid by staring at anything and everything that's not a human being. And this demon is just bold as brass, staring people down, daring them to question its presence. You will look at me. You will look through the windows of my soulless corpse thing. He goes and he opens the emergency door. One guy spots him. And he knocks off a part of the tail wing, damaging the plane pretty badly. And nobody but the pilots managed to properly put on their oxygen masks. 
Yeah, I didn't Which, really see anybody doing it. Even the flight attendant, Amanda, didn't manage a proper oxygen, oxygen mask. Oxygen? Oxygen. <laughs> Man, those ox, those ox, the oxygen masks are great. Small, tiny. The oxen masks, a little bulky. Kind of hard to cope with. They're itchy. <laughs> the they're, they're, fur is just too coarse. And I guess it does matter that the one dude and the flight attendant, Amanda, did notice the black eyes. Which, in this day and age, just could be contacts. Some people out there are just freaky like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, my friend Brett, he has white mesh contacts that make him look blind. And on what occasions does he wear this? Whenever the fuck he feels like it. Okay. So he could just walk into your living room and... You look up and you see your roommate possessed by a ghost. And then I roll my eyes for the millionth time. Okay. I'm glad you have an appropriate response. Well, I'm used to it. But you know what? He's 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 doing him. He's living his best life. Gotta love it. Yeah. More power to you. So we cut to the slow slide up the backside of Jensen Ackles slash I have seen a post on Tumblr where someone plotted the curve. Yeah. This is the famous mathematically analyzed rear end of Jensen Ackles. Everybody knows the one. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe not everybody. If you've only joined Tumblr in the last couple of years, you might have missed it. But if you were on Tumblr back in blah, 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 2014 or so, 2015? I mean, if you were around for the Meech Apocalypse, you know about the plotted curve of Jensen Ackles' ass. And apparently it's a very mas- mathematically pleasing ass. It is. Hey, I'm gay and I would be interested, so... I'm whatever and I'm interested. <laughs> well, the whatever kind of implies that you're interested in all the whatevers. Sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the whatevers are up your alley. We get creepy shots of Sam bringing breakfast, just so that we can show paranoid Dean with his weapon under a pillow. But later on in this episode, they do have Sam just be spooky at random moments for no other reason than just to... <laughs> Spook Dean. Well, I like that Dean clarifies here that that isn't fear, it's precaution. Because, because I can't tell you how many times somebody has like made me jump and they're like, ha, I scared you. And I'm like, no, you surprised me. There's a difference. <laughs> I agree, but a lot of precautions are taken out of the fear of the worst case scenario. He's planning, worst case scenario, something's going to come in here and try and kill me, and I don't want that to happen. But also, I feel like the point of that scene, because Sam does open up and talk about Jessica because he just lost the best woman ever and can't sleep, obviously. Yeah. Sam comes and he talks about it, and he wants to like emotionally connect with Dean over fear and how it can affect your life and how doing this job is emotionally taxing. And Dean is just an asshole, big brother. I know because I've done this too, where suddenly he's just above those little petty things. He's too macho, macho man to feel fear. And Sam's like, well, what about this precaution you are taking? He's like, yeah, I'm just being realistic. Whatever. I don't feel fear. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel you. There is a difference between fear and other emotions that might be perceived as fear. But Dean's fooling himself if he thinks he doesn't bring this home with him. (laughs) He totally does. Mm-hmm. We meet Jerry Panowski through a phone call. Jerry, just so we can keep track of things like this, will also come back in season eight. He's going to play the father of Sam's girlfriend, Amelia. Remember when Sam and the- Amelia had the dog? 
Oh my god, I knew he looked familiar. Yeah, he <sighs> plays Amelia's dad. Well, I like him much better as Jerry. Me too. He's an interesting character. I he was he, I liked him. I liked him too. Why do you like him? I just I liked his character. I feel like he was good-natured, serious. He didn't catch Dean's joke, but then like one of his subordinates, you know, was messing somebody up and messing something up. And he's like, hold on, I gotta go fire somebody. Like, that kind of cynical but good-natured. I liked him. I enjoyed this character for a similarly different reason. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed this weird dichotomy where we, the viewer, see him through Dean and Sam's eyes. And Dean and Sam are just seeing him as this cool guy who is aware of the supernatural, isn't freaking out, and is helping them with this case. Mm Mm-hmm. But then he throws around these comments to and about his employees that shows that he's kind of an asshole boss. For instance, when they're walking to his office, they're talking about a poltergeist and someone overhears and is like, oh, poltergeist, I love that movie. And he's like, you're not being paid to talk or something along those lines. Man, I love that movie. Hey, nobody's talking to you. Keep walking. And that's such a dick thing to say, especially as a boss. <laughs> well, I thought he was being jokey. No, especially because later on he's like, I gotta go fire an idiot. That one was a little more good-natured, I guess, but mm, still, as a boss, with those kind of power dynamics, no. (laughs) It's not cool. It's not cool. I did want to discuss that it might be a theme, I'm not sure, but so far in the show, how many of the people have they helped have not learned about the supernatural? Like, I, I think we should keep track. So, there weren't really any people involved in Pilot. Yeah, because they didn't even save anybody. Yeah, no, it was the worst case. They started off on completely the wrong foot. And, and Wendigo, Haley, Tom, and Ben. Wendigo, they they know about the supernatural. Yep. Dead in the water, they know about the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And um, now we have Jerry, who knows about poltergeists. And he now knows about demons. Amanda, at the end, knows something. But I don't think they explain it to her. Which, really, I will get to it, but I think they could have spared a sentence. <laughs> yeah. We'll get we'll get to it because what she sees, no rational person would just accept it. <laughs> right? But we'll get to we'll it. We'll get there. So yeah, for people who are trying to do their job on the DL, nah, they're not so good at that. So I want to see: <laughs> are they ever able to just do a case without everybody and their neighbor <laughs> learning about the case? And also, poltergeists, poltergeists. Mm-hmm. Do we ever meet poltergeists? Um, sort of, when they go back to their old house. Okay, alright. Oh, and we get to meet Missouri. Because the big bad thing that happened left a wound in the house mm-hmm. for spirits to come into, and it's the amalgamation of all those different spirits in one spot that creates a poltergeist. Because a poltergeist okay. is not one spirit, it's many, kind of smushed in an angry ball. I love your expertise in this so much. <laughs> also, you have not seen season 13? I've seen a few episodes of season 13. Okay. You know Missouri comes back? Yes. Oh, you've seen that episode? Yes. And you're sad. I love her. I love her, too. I love it when I read a fanfic that includes Missouri as a primary character. Hell Yeah. Like, the fans know what to do with Missouri. Like, mm-hmm. God. I think the show just couldn't afford her. <laughs> that's that's all I think it is. They just can't afford her all the time. So, 
But if I remember correctly, in season 13, the way they bring her back, it makes it sound like they've been in touch off and on throughout the years. So I would have liked to have seen that. I know. There's so many things we would have loved to see in the show. So they go to visit Jerry in his hangar warehouse place thing. I'm still not clear on what Jerry's job is. Yeah, me either. Other than he is managing. He's managing something. <laughs> it's mysterious. Lots of people in jumpsuits working on machines. We don't know what. <laughs> they're chit-chatting. Really good chit-chat, I think. Very revealing. As they're walking to his office, Sam learns that John actually loves him and is proud of him and is proud that he went to college. Yeah, I made no proud dad makes me happy and sad. You know better than I. Do they ever have a talk where John's like, yes, I am proud of you for going to college? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, they have good. a heart-to-heart. Okay, good. So that gets that gets resolved. All right. So they go to his office, and he plays them a recording of a plane crashing with lots of ghosty sounds, and he doesn't explain how he got it after explicitly saying, I shouldn't have this. <laughs> <sighs> that voice on the recording where it's like, no survivors. It was just the shittiest, weakest demon voice I have ever heard. And even later in the episode, when the demon is in somebody and talks, like, it's completely different from what we heard on the recording. He has, like, a deep, scary demon voice. And on the recording, it was wimpy. <laughs> like, I, I'm not afraid of that Come wimpy on, voice. Come on, Supernatural. Be consistent. I want realism in my Supernatural. <laughs> the only thing I noted in that scene where they hear the No Survivors EVP... Hmm, I'm fancy. I know the acronym. <laughs> uh, electronic voice projection? Voice paranormal event? Uh-huh. Keep going. <laughs> Every voice power! That's the one. <laughs> the only thing I noted and that was out of, out of the norm was the waves in the sound picture thing that you call it. Because, you know, we do podcasting. I, I deal with the waves. Right. I, I splice things together. I see where the sounds go up and they go down and where things are quiet and then loud. And there it was just one consistent noise in the thing. There, I'm, I'm saying the sound didn't match the picture is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> picture, sounds make pictures. Oh, I and love the little journey you took me on. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds make pictures, and then the picture didn't match the sound, is what I'm trying to say. Don't make me laugh so much, it hurts. I'm gonna <laughs> cough. Okay. Um, so, they learned about this plane crash, and how there were only seven survivors, and the reason why it's extra suspicious is because they have this weird ghosty recording from the pilot's cabin. The pilot named Chuck, is one of Jerry's good friends, which is how this got on his radar. <gasps> maybe that's... No. Chuck was too traumatized to send him stuff. Who knows how he I got mean, it. I don't know. Like, maybe he was able to get it because of his connection to Chuck. Like, hey, that's my best friend. Let me see that black box. Maybe so. Maybe so. Anyways, Chuck, he comes back in season five to play a sheriff Yeah. in the episode where... They somehow paid Paris Hilton to come on the show. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we'll see him again in, you know, six years. Jerry can give them access to everything but the wreckage, and Dean says that's okay. They go and make new IDs in order to pass as Homeland Security. New badges. Yeah, and, and okay. Dean says in a very throwaway kind of way, yeah, just so people, like, aren't seeing the same badges they've seen a thousand times. As though he didn't specifically choose Homeland Security to deal with air travel? Uh, duh, of course you need Homeland Security. And also, who are these people you're going to multiple times to show different IDs? Well, I guess he just means in gen- I don't know. No. A- no, he's he's trying to play it cool and like he's not actually smart. That's what's happening here. But he is. He's super smart. He knows that if they are going to be investigating air travel across the country, they need to have home security clearance homeland security clearance but he's playing it like oh it's just a shot in the dark just so people don't see the same badge they've seen a thousand times before yeah stupid and sam again is being all judgy yes sam being super judgy he's talking about how this is too illegal (laughs) (laughs) I, i don't see how this is more illegal i also think this is kind of ironic foreshadowing we were just talking about the episode in season two where they get in trouble on a national scale for allegedly trying to rob a bank. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait for some of these episodes. And I feel like this is the foreshadowing for that. It's not the passing as Homeland Security that got them into the national trouble, trouble, but... Right. Anyways. While Dean was making these new purdy purdy IDs, so flashy, Sam was doing real detective work on his laptop, isolating the everybody's voice power, saying, no survivors. And they mentioned, hey, it's pretty odd you say no survivors, but seven people survived. What's up with that? Yeah. And th- this is where they mentioned phantom, tra- phantom travelers. Q episode title, which isn't even on Monster. Yeah, they mention here explicitly, phantom travelers are basically ghosts that travel with you and cause trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine going on a road trip? (laughs) Mom, the ghost is acting up again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do a brief mini truth behind the show. They mentioned Flight 401. You could have called this episode Flight 401. 401.2. That would have been a cute title. Yeah. So, Flight 401, very sad story. I didn't know about it before researching this, actually. And again, folks, I did not do super research. I know. Just like medium research? Medium Wikipedia Casual. research. Casual research. Scrolling research. <laughs> Picked out the important stuff. I'm very good at skimming. So, Flight 401. Actual, very real event. It was right after Christmas in the early 70s. A flight crashed in the Everglades, like around Miami. And surprisingly, the Everglades were able to protect some of the injured people because the water pressure, like, held their organs in or something. Uh, crazy, crazy. Oh. Oh, and it was so sad because what happened on the plane, a light wasn't working and thing something wasn't engaging correctly. And so the whole crew was trying to fix this one problem and they were so fixated on fixing this one problem nobody noticed that the autopilot had disengaged until it was too late oh wow yeah it was like a fluke stupid thing had happened oh it was really sad 
Anyways, don't know so much, but all of the ghostly lore that Dean mentioned seems to originate from just one book. This one guy looked into it and said, ooh, this is kind of spooky. That same author was later sued by the pilot's family for invasion of privacy. Oh, wow. According to Wikipedia. I Hands up in the air. I don't claim any of this. If something's wrong, don't yell at me. Like, yell at Wikipedia. And Wikipedia, don't yell at me. I donate. <sighs> <laughs> Uh-huh. So, they go to visit a survivor, and they choose this one because he is currently living in a psychiatric hospital, and they figure, hey, <laughs> he must have seen something. You got brain troubles, I see. Hmm. You, you feel, you're feeling crazy? You yeah, feel you feeling crazy? a little off, off the rocker a little bit? Hmm, those marbles a little scrambled? They grill him really pretty insensitively. Until he confesses to seeing a fellow passenger with black eyes opening an exit. Oh, Sam used his puppy eye power. It's okay. Yeah, there was some good puppy eyes. Yeah, he really switched on the empathy and was just like, puppy eye beam. And the guy <laughs> spilled his guts. Here's the thing. Sam, once he is out of the range of the people they are basically interrogating, he's... Hardball, doesn't give a shit, whatever, get the case done. But once he's in front of those people and asking the questions, he's got the big eyes. His voice goes down like six decibels. Yes, it does. Dean talks at normal volume. But later on, Dean will be much better at connecting with people. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he took a few notes from Sam. But right away, Sam, he's... He's doing everything he can to make you feel comfortable in the space you are in. This is a safe space. Yes. Which I think lends itself a lot to the theme of of Sam being a, a yoga master. <laughs> Sam and yoga is a reoccurring theme. I shit you not. Well, mm. No, I'm sorry. I was just picturing Yogi Bear and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, boo-boo. Hey, Dino. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get me a demon a basket. (laughs) Oh, don't make me cough. (laughs) Oh, no, Dean. I fell in the aisle. I got a (laughs) boo-boo. Okay. He saw a guy with black eyes opening an exit, but that's impossible. And yes, I did Google this. It is impossible. Oh, yeah. And note... Dean is again pulling his macho act. This is where the insensitive grilling came in. He says things along the lines of, Oh, that's what scared you? The fact that you crashed in a plane and nearly died? Jeez. I mean, that would be scary for anybody. Exactly. So why is he... Except for Amanda. (laughs) It's scary for her, but she is a well-put-together human being. God, we'll get to that. So why is he pulling this macho act, especially since we know he's terrified of planes? So That's probably exactly why he's pulling it. No, absolutely. So I want to watch in the future for when Dean, who in my memory, and maybe my memory's flawed, but I seem to think of Dean as the one who is filled with empathy and the desire to fight for victims, to protect the people for all those times when he couldn't be protected. I want to watch for when he's belittling others in this scenario and if it's because he's just covering up his own fear, pretending as if he's above it. Yeah. And above all the others. I think the overarching theme of this episode is Dean's fear. 
He starts out denying it. He tries to be super strong and above all the others who dealt with this fear face on. And ultimately, he has to face it himself. And at the end, when he's facing it, he's not macho anymore. <laughs> so they figure out the identity of this passenger who opened the door, and they go visit his widow. Well, hold on. Yeah? I just want to say, where the guy says, what are you, nuts? As if he's not the one in an asylum right now. He's like, and I thought I was crazy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I saw a guy with black eyes perform an amazing feat of strength. But it's not like he appeared and disappeared. It's not like he did magic. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how, if he doesn't think it's possible for the demon to have opened the door, how he is rationalizing all of this. Yeah, like like some some guy just happened to be standing next to a door that opened all on its own. Like either way, it, it's all far fetched. The brain's a tricky thing. It it can do amazing things to us. That's very true. They go to visit the widow. Sam pulls out his soft, sugary, sweet voice again. They learn that our demon guy before he was a demon. What's his name? George. George. Georgie Porgie. They figure that Georgie was terrified of flying. And he's a dentist. Yes, and the strangest thing about this dentist is that he had acid reflux. <laughs> that was the most bizarre thing about him. So they decide they have to go visit the wreckage warehouse. And in order to do this, they have to buy new suits. Costumes! Costumes! This is our first costume! Yes! They're like, I just, I like them runway walking out of there. They're not, but that's how I see it. Because I'm like, yeah, fresh digs. Nice. They do, like, kind of bust out of the door. And they're carrying the bags that I presume their other clothes are in. <laughs> However, I take issue with this, and I've always taken issue with this. They have so many costumes, so many accessories, so many regular clothes. They don't get that bunker until, like, until about, what, season seven? Yeah, I'm like, a duffel is only going to hold so much. <laughs> we never see changes of clothes in their trunk. No. I don't even know where they keep the duffel bags, because anytime they open the trunk, you see the very awesome weapons display they have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they must have a Mary I Poppins. Mean, maybe they toss it in the back seat, but... The back seat is always pristine. Yeah. I don't know. Also... Movie magic. TV magic. <laughs> One thing that always bugged me, but now I understand about this scene, is Dean, I love clothes and dressing up Winchester, being bratty about what he calls a monkey suit. <laughs> but I figured it out. Dean, for all he's, I'm just a country boy and country boys can survive and blah, blah, blah. He loves clothes. Yeah, he does. He wears quality, he wears quality, right? Yeah, their suits even get better. Exactly. Like, these first suits, they don't know what they're doing. And he doesn't like that suit. But pretty soon, they're going to be wearing nice suits, and he's not going to have as much of a problem with it, because he look good. I think he might already have an idea. <laughs> I think he understands that suits are supposed to be a suit. Like, when you go out and buy your own suit, not rent a suit, but buy a suit, you know the different levels of quality, right? Right. You can, the, the the different levels of pay from I just got this off the rack up towards I had this custom made to fit my body like a glove. I think he knows about that. And I think maybe, maybe, I'm headcanning here, but maybe 
he had an idea that if he would ever buy a suit, he would treat himself and go get a real suit. Maybe not like a custom-made, you know, $1,000 suit, but maybe he would get a nice suit. And here he is getting the most plain and boring suit that there is off the rack. It doesn't even fit properly because they had to buy it and walk out. And there's no color. It doesn't even have, like, cool shoes to go with it. And the shitty shoes that this random store on the side of the road had. I think he's just upset that he didn't get to dress up as nice as he wants to. Yeah. Or you are right, and later costumes make him realize that suits can fit nicely and be beautiful and work for him. Yes. And certainly by the time we get to season 14, they're in suits more often than they are not in suits. Yeah, I love it. I love it, they too. They look so good. They're so dapper. Love that word. I'm a dapper Dan man. It's bonafide. He's a suitor. <laughs> I think of that every time. <laughs> when you're surrounded by darkness, open your eyes. The disguises work. They get into the wreckage. And can I just say real quick? Yes. Really cool set with the layout of the wreckage and everything. They did really well with all the sets in this episode, I think. Because it can't be easy getting an airplane interior to shoot within. No. No. And so I think all, all the sets and scenery in this episode were mwah, delicioso. Oh, this next part hurts my heart. Dean pulls out his homemade EMF reader that he mm-hmm. made out of a Walkman. And Sam gives him the shittiest of all shits about it. I know! Like, he made his own EMF meter out of a Walkman. Like, he's in, he's a freaking engineer! And mm-hmm. fuck you, Sam, for making fun of him. No, I he agree. He freaking made that shit. Sam's like, oh, you made that yourself? And I'm thinking, as opposed to what, Sammy? Getting the latest one off Amazon? Which probably doesn't even exist yet? Right? Like, <laughs> come on. Ugh. I think it was still eBay. <laughs> Maybe they had Maybe? eBay. <laughs> Guys, 2005, it was decades ago. Who even knows? <laughs> no one can ever know. It's too far gone in history. <laughs> no, he's an asshole in this moment, and I don't think we ever really know why he's a dick to Dean in this moment. Maybe he's just so stuck in his image of who and what Dean is. And maybe Dean has grown a lot in the couple years they've been apart. And this is him readjusting to his brother's talents, I guess. Like, kind of making fun of him, but actually he's impressed. Yeah, and just doesn't know how to handle that. Yeah, okay. Maybe. Still fuck you, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck you. On the door that caused the, well, the door that was part of the blowout. The handle? Whatever. They find residue, and they don't know what it is. Which... They cannot readily identify sulfur, and I get such a kick out of it. They're over here csi in it to send it off to a lab. <laughs> Where's the stuff? One way to find out. Well, they don't send it off to a lab, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And I will give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it is so dried out and no longer smells like sulfur. I do think most people on this planet can recognize the smell of sulfur. Yeah. People out there, if you don't know what sulfur smells like, it smells like eggs. Particularly like rotten eggs. So if you're ever smelling rotten eggs and 
there's not like a bunch of rotten eggs around you, chances are you're smelling sulfur. I don't know why you're smelling sulfur, but heads up, you're smelling sulfur. I mean, you might want to call a Winchester or a ghost facer. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call a ghost facer. Unless unless they have updated their roster. (laughs) I'm sure they have. (laughs) (laughs) It's been several years since the Mimi episode. (laughs) One thing I really love about this, they both touch it and Sam takes a sample and Dean has this residue on his hand and he wipes it off on Sam's suit. (laughs) Yeah. That for me was, I, last episode was where we were looking to see, oh, the relationship has changed. They got, they're close now. No, this is the episode where the actors are relaxing around each other and acting more like brothers because (laughs) that's definitely something I would do to you. Thanks. (laughs) And I'm sure vice versa. Yeah, I I probably would. But then, two more Homeland Security guys show up. What? I thought those were Homeland Security. Those were not that. Whatever. Everybody swarms the hangar with their guns, but the Winchesters just have a sixth sense about this stuff. Yeah, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how they knew to book it. Dean still had his headphones in for Christo's sake. God. <laughs> Thanks. So there's no reason why they should have known because those homeland security and other security guys they did their job well and dean's still had his headphones in it would have taken nothing for them to have shown us how they knew they needed to escape right right so dumb maybe maybe i'll find a deleted scene about it and let you know it's a beautiful life we do a quick scene at the guess the original airport where this all started and we see our pilot chuck he's getting a pep talk about getting back into the saddle essentially i can understand the fear of dude i just survived a plane crash i need time to recover yeah his very understanding and very helpful friend goes to check on things leaving chuck all alone to get eye invaded by the gunpowder demon i like uh, the gunpowder demon that it's so Name. pretty to watch. Maybe that's why they changed it. It's too pretty and gentle, and they needed a more aggressive smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I find it very interesting that they, in this episode, chose Invasion by Eyeball. <laughs> yeah. In the future, it's all mouth invasion. And I wonder why they made that change. Maybe it's easier easier to have people just open their mouths and go, ah! than to stand there and slowly color their eyeballs black. I don't know. Who knows? Back with Jerry, we learn that this guy, whose job we don't know what it is, just happens to have a microscope in his office good enough to identify sulfur at a microscopic level. Also, how does this maybe warehouse manager know how to recognize sulfur at a microscopic level? Who is this guy? Who the fuck is he? He's he's the original Bobby is all I can think. (laughs) All right. But now that we know for sure it's sulfur, it's time for... Name that monster! (laughs) So we know it's a demon. Originally, in Greek and Roman traditions, demons weren't bad. In fact, they could be happy and friendly spirits. 
until Christianity came in and was like, nope, not God, must be evil. Just as it did with many of the quote-unquote pagan religions. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, in Islam, an evil jinn is comparable to a demon. Yes. Oh, is that explicitly stated in later seasons? Um, no, but I, I, I met in possibly Islamic person while I was staying at a hospital and he told me that the bad jinn were like demons and they often looked like cockroaches. Huh. Well, the jinn we meet in Supernatural don't look like cockroaches. No. They look like people you would see on the Discovery Channel for, I tattooed <laughs> my whole body. And yeah, that's all I wanted to look into demons because... <laughs> The Wikipedia page was about a mile long. Oh, I'm sure. It's only a slight exaggeration because the mythos of demons span the eons and all the cultures. All of them. Each with their own view and spin on these suckers. In I did like this, though. Wiki did reference a Britannia encyclopedia, a condensed one if I remember correctly, that said it's usually understood that demons don't act on their own but at the behest of some other power, usually divine. Huh. <laughs> Lucifer. <laughs> yeah. So, I just like the idea, as we watch this demon do his thing, that he's not doing it just because he had the bright idea. Somebody told him to do it. Why are we punishing this demon? It's not his fault. He don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he didn't mean to. <laughs> it was an accident. It was not an accident. cut back to Chucky boy and suddenly he is just more than ready to fly this baby plane. 40 minutes into the flight, one more bad joke. Lamest demon. He needs to go back to hell and brush up on his jokes. Yeah. There's gotta be some 90s comedian stuck down there (laughs) that he can get some practice with. The demon crashes into a field going right over some poor farmer's head. Like, just ruin that farmer's day, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Also, this demon has to be really used to experiencing death. Well, I mean, just because your vessel dies, the demon wouldn't die, but it would experience the vessel death. Yeah. I wonder how just repeating vessel deaths over and over compares to Hell's torture. Yeah. I mean, if he's choosing, you know, vessel death instead of hell torture, then I can only assume that it's better, unless he's a sadist, and he's just like, I want all the pain, all the time. Like, he's just doing a string of airplane crashes, but then, like, maybe he'll switch to trains next. Like, he just wants to experience all kinds of vessel death. You know what? This demon is simply the ultimate adrenaline junkie. That's it. That's what it is. Because usually you do a death-defying stunt with the hopes that you won't actually die. But you never get to experience the full length of the adrenaline because that would mean you die and you can only do it the one time. This demon has got it made. Hmm. <laughs> Just shame for all the vessels he inhabits. Anyways, yeah. in the hotel, Sam... Tells basically what I just told you about. Sam read the whole Wikipedia page, and now he just needs to go get a drink, honestly. Right. (laughs) He suggests that it might be one of these Japanese demons that only likes to destroy in one sort of way. This one takes planes. Oh, like natural disasters. 
Yeah, I think. exactly. So I tried to look into this specifically for our Name This Monster segment, but I I, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> My eyeballs just said no. I did do just enough to figure out that a Japanese demon called yokai is different from the Japanese alcohol spirit, shoujo, that we encounter in later seasons. Also, forgive my pronunciation. I like how Dean points out, you know, this isn't our usual gig, being, you know, baby cases. Mm-hmm. Oh, I enjoyed that moment. I love that he points out that they're going after something that they can't track for their impulses for food or whatever other monster impulses there are. This right. is something that acts purely out of evil and destruction. It just wants to cause chaos and mayhem. And, you know, they don't have an itemized list. And they don't have their itemized <laughs> list. God, John. And he actually wishes that John were there, which just makes you go, baby boy. <laughs> also, something that struck me in future episodes... Sorry, in future seasons, this is their pay grade, right? Right. They handle this all day, every day sometimes, and they don't usually wish for someone to be there. But the one being Dean does frequently miss, it's chaos. Can't wait. Paint the sky your favorite color. Jerry calls and lets them know that Chuck is dead, and he crashed in Nazareth... And they make a big deal about this being ironic. And I get it. This is your first time dealing with a demon. And you're going to a town that's called Nazareth, which is an important place in the Judeo-Christian history. But Sam literally just schooled Dean and how demons come from all the cultures. Yeah. And Dean's feeling, hey, that's, that's ironic. Bible place, demon. <laughs> <laughs> Our smart boy can be dumb sometimes. I just like the word Nazareth. It's a, it's a very pretty sound. Think that'd be an okay thing to name a person? Like if you had a baby, name it Nazareth? Well, I was friends with a guy who called himself Nazareth. Um, his name was Sam. But when he introduced himself, he told me his name was Nazareth. And I, was, I just went with it. I was like, okay, that's, that's what you told me your name was? I believe you. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, and so, I mean, I shortened it to Naz eventually, but, yeah, that <laughs> just, wasn't even his name. I just love the idea of, Hannah, I'm telling you, my name is Sam. You're lying to me now. You told me your name was Nazareth, and I believed you. So, <laughs> your name is just Nazareth. I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it just is. <laughs> I love it. As they head down the road back to Nazareth, there's black smoke just hanging in the air. I rewatched it to see if it came from the Impala. It's it's not. It's just black smoke just hanging in the air, and the editors just left that in there. Yeah. So they figure out this demon is using the Bible number for death, 40. I, I just wanted to point out that Dean knows biblical numerology. I thought that was pretty Dean, cool. Dean knows the word numerology. He didn't yeah. even go to college. No, he didn't. Also, I looked this <laughs> I looked this up. There were so many things to fact check <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> the number 40, according to Wikipedia, just folks, it's, it's all Wikipedia. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> I paid them money. It's Wikipedia. The number 40 is used in Jewish, Christian, Islamic, and other Middle Eastern traditions to represent a large approximate number similar to umpteen. So when Dean says the flood <laughs> lasted for 40 days, it was basically the old biblical people saying, man, that flood lasted for like umpteen days. Yeah. It's like how many how many days did it last? Ah, uh, like forty? Yeah. Man, too I many. Know. I know, right? I can't even count that high. <laughs> uh, so this demon has been knocking planes out of the air for years after they but only after they'd been in the air for forty minutes. Cause we gotta be biblical with it. How long have we been in the air? I don't know, like, 40 minutes? God, I would love the millennial next to him just being like, I don't know, 5 million minutes? Whatever. <laughs> and the demon's like, well, fuck, good enough. <laughs> it's a very large number you just gave me, so I'm going to accept that as the correct answer. <laughs> Also, amazing how all these people on all these planes just seem to know exactly how long they've been in the air. I have been on many a plane flight, and I don't know how long those flights last ever. Time stops yeah, in a like, plane. I didn't see anybody look at their watch or look at their phone. It's just like, oh, it's been about 40 minutes. How do you know, you strange time-absorbing creature. Well, the first lady did look at her watch, but here's the thing. Your plane's supposed to take off at, say, 10 o'clock. You board at 9.30. 10 o'clock rolls around. You aren't in the air yet. There's so many things to go through. And so then maybe 20 minutes later, you start rumbling. There's a long runway. So unless you are just staring at your watch, waiting for the exact moment <laughs> when the wheels leave the tarmac, there's, there is literally no way to measure any of that stuff. No. <laughs> no way to guesstimating. know. I think it's been about... Oh, it's a long time. About 40 minutes? <laughs> Maybe longer? I, it's an wow. uncountable, unknowable amount of minutes. <laughs> Why doesn't this demon carry his own timepiece, damn it? God. <laughs> this demon can't even tell time. <laughs> All he knows is time flies. <sighs> God. They figure out that it's trying to kill off the survivors... Final Destination style. So, Chuck's dead. They already missed one survivor. Well, way to go, boys. Whoops. So, their goal now is to prevent the demon from keel killing, killing, from killing. killing all the other survivors. <laughs> they want to stop this demon from killing everybody. Too many people dead. Oh my gosh. Like 40 of them. <laughs> There's like 40 survivors. How are we expected to save them all? God. <laughs> Sam does a great survey impersonator. I was a little impressed with his phone skills. Yeah. They secure all of the survivors but one. All 40 of them. Uh, Amanda is going back to work tonight on a plane. She's a brave lady. Yeah. Now, for those who care, yes, the time is wonky on this one. The flight leaves at 8. They get to the airport at 7. It's a five-hour drive, which is so impossible. But they make it. Whatever. They make it an hour ahead of time. Oh, Sam. Dean, this is a five-hour drive, man. Even with you behind the wheel. God. 
never gonna make it. I won't make it. It's a five-hour drive, so this whole car scene happens at two, and it's dark outside. When they get there at seven, it's dark outside. When they are in the air, it is dark outside. So yes, time is wonky. But I think I figured it out. They're further north in Pennsylvania, like compared to the majority of the planet. You know, we are pretty far north. Okay. Even though they're not dressed like it, it is the dead of winter. <laughs> Definitely dead of winter. It is the shortest day of the year right now. <laughs> it is Yuletide. Okay, we are celebrating solstice. That scene happens at 2 in the morning, and they get at the airport at 7 in the morning. Okay, and it's still dark outside because dead of winter. Okay. Like, the deadest of winters we have ever seen. <laughs> that it is still dark at 7 o'clock. All right. They board the plane, and inside the plane we don't see the outside. Okay, plane takes off, and then the plane starts heading west into Canada. <laughs> and it's flying really fast. So, that's why it is still nighttime at 8.40. <laughs> okay. When everything goes down. Um, I'm glad we, uh... Cleared that up. The people on the Supernatural Wiki were all torn up about this. And just hands flung in the air saying, I can't make sense of it. So I figured I would solve it. Thank you. As either the solution or... The problem. This airport exists somewhere out of space and time. Possibly where Santa lives. You, you know. know what it is, Kindle. It's, it's Supernatural. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I believe in magic in an Impala trunk. (laughs) They tried to reach Amanda through the airport phone because her cell phone isn't working, even though she was just on the phone with her sister. Whatever. Yeah. And they reach her through an airport phone? Can you just do this? I don't know. Are there just... I thought maybe there's like a separate section of the airport for stewardesses. And so they somehow reached her on the staff line. I don't know. They're in the general lobby check-in area. Have there been phones in the airport all this time? And I just didn't know it. I could have grabbed one of these phones, called ahead to my gate and the Sabaro near my gate and be like, Hey, can you go ahead and prep me a pepperoni slice so I can just come grab it and catch my flight? Like... Where have these phones been all my life? Yeah, I don't think I've ever... I haven't been to many airports. This is uh, supernatural fiction. (laughs) Supernatural airport. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, we entered the Twilight Zone. (laughs) She answers. Dean tries to fake a reason, and they do a bad job. Yeah. She heads down the boarding ramp, and we see the gunpowder come out of one of the air vents. Ooh. So now their only choice is to board the plane and exercise the demon. <laughs> and I, I love this scene because, like, when when Dean's like, yeah, we just got to get on the plane, and Dean's like, no. And all I could think was, Sam, your saving people is showing... <laughs> See, Hannah, I think he just wants to go on that plane and start his yoga career and get his sweat on with that demon. Come on. He wants- no, he wants to see Jess again, and he knows that flight's going down. <gasps> oh, we've made the switch into suicidal Sam. 
That's why he's so willing to walk into this literal death trap. Yeah. Ugh. So we learn that Dean is afraid of planes. I feel you, bro. Sam lays out their options, which aren't many. Mm-mm. And Ackles does some great acting here. He does. And, and, like, I really love that, like, you know, Dean is scared. Like, you can see it clearly, but there's no way he's letting Sam go alone. Hannah? Yeah? I'm afraid of many things, but as many things as I'm afraid of, I love you more. Oh. So, I, I felt him. The, I really have to do this? I have to do this right now. <laughs> okay, I will do this, but I'm not happy. I, I feel like you have. See, it's just hard to remember because things I've done for you are done out of love, so... <laughs> Oh. Now I just remember the I did it because I love her. She's my sister. She's the baby sister. I pinch her cheeks and I say I love you. No. <laughs> and also, real quick, how did Sam buy those tickets? Huh, Sam? Huh? How did you buy those plane tickets? A Stanford scholarship. How many hours in the McDonald's drive-thru did he pull for this ticket? God. <sighs> They're on the plane, and Dean's freaking out. I love the exchange of, just try to relax. Just try to shut up. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is an actual conversation that could be heard between me and my wife on flights. Do you know how afraid I am of flying these days? No. Oh, yeah. It's, whew. I've only been on a plane, like, twice. And the mm. last time um, was... 2012 2013 when i went to the supernatural convention in dallas texas Mm -hmm. and i was nervous and anxious and i drank a shit ton of coffee and was just wired and i was humming the death march from star wars (laughs) not ominous at all (laughs) i mean it's my go-to i hummed it when i was getting that giant tree tattoo on my side it's very calming. Oh, damn, girl. I raised you right. <laughs> I raised you so right. Yeah, you did. No, for me, it's a matter of numbers. You heard that horrible statistic the guy threw at the beginning. Yeah, one in like, 2,000? What yeah. Whatever. 20,000. One in 20,000. Okay. I've been on so many flights. Ridiculous amount of flights. For someone who doesn't fly for their job, ridiculous amount of flights. The odds of me (laughs) being one of those plane crashes just increases with every single plane flight. So the more I fly, the more I freak out. (laughs) And Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and so Dean's whole... The actor, Jensen Ackles, the way he just held his body during that takeoff. Yes. And the reacting to the wheels leaving and just that moment of, oh, yeah, that that is me every time. Phenomenal acting. Absolutely, because I felt it. I knew it. I know it. My wife clenches my hand so hard, or maybe I clench her hand so hard. I don't know. (laughs) That was the only thing missing from the scene was desperately clutching at someone's hand. Saying, I, I know I'm okay, I know I'm being an irrational, but duh! What if? What if? So they're going to look for the demon on the plane. And mm-hmm. this is the time when they start to talk about, well, how are we going to find the demon? They didn't. They had five hours. They did nothing with that five hours. Did they look for chants or exercising routines in those five hours? No. 
Did they practice their chanting in that five hours? No. Did they talk about how to defeat demons in those five hours? No. They took a nap. Sam didn't sleep at any point in this episode, and we started this episode with Sam not sleeping, so maybe Sam slept and Dean felt, yes, he needs this right now. They tell us that demons go after people with anxiety, which, if you are watching this and you have anxiety, what a great thing to hear. It does explain how it selected our nervous Georgie Porgy at the beginning of the episode. It doesn't explain, I think, any of the future possessions we see. I don't think they use this hunting No, I mean, a person is more susceptible to demonic possession if they have a myriad of whatever Dean listed off in the episode. They talk about Amanda, though, as though she is unpossessable. But... Yeah, a demon can possess anyone. It's just easier if they have a chink in the armor, so to speak. Okay, fair, fair. Yes, you're right. I'm projecting 13 extra seasons of knowledge upon these two young boys who know nothing. Right, because they haven't learned enough about demons yet. You're right. My expectations are way too high. They have to figure out who's possessed. Sam suggests Cristo (sighs) instead of holy water. And uh, again, I, I did research. I don't know why I did so much research. According to the interwebs, Christo is not God's name in Latin, but whatever. There were other options. It was long. I did not read it. Christo sounds nice. We'll go with Christo. Uh, in Latin, it's Christo. Dude, I know I'm not an idiot. Has a nice ring to it. <laughs> Dean and Amanda have a really great chat about Nervous Flyers. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. It felt very weird in that I'm nervous, I'm trying to make awkward conversation, but I'm also trying to awkwardly figure out if you're a demon or not. (laughs) He awkwardly drops a couple Christos, and it's beautiful, and I love that after he leaves, the camera comes back to her and lingers on her just long enough for her to drop a, okay? (laughs) I love it. I'm sorry, did you say something? (laughs) That was so cute. But yeah, she really is the most well-adjusted person on the planet, and I don't get it. She's hella zen. So we go back to the boys in their seats, and now it's anybody's ballgame. They have no idea who's possessed. And need I remind the world that Dean has a fear of planes, and he is literally on a plane that is guaranteed to crash. Guaranteed. In T-minus 30 minutes. Oh god, I think I would be puking. I feel a little sick now just thinking about it. (laughs) Sam starts lecturing him and Dean makes reference to Sam's propensity for (laughs) zen and yoga and Sam points out bro, I'm not being a dick but if you are not chill that demon might come in and possess you it's like possess yourself before you lose yourself (laughs) (laughs) that would be a great early 90s like hip hop dance it would, I would dance to it so they, they lay out the steps for the viewers. Step one, find the bitch. Step two, expel it and make it more powerful. Because why not? Step yeah. three, send it back to hell permanently. I mean, we could nitpick, but they, they, they touch up their demon lore. Oh, how so? Tell me. Well, I mean, like how, you know, they send it to hell permanently. No, sometimes they do come crawling back up, depending on, you know, what deals they make and... All that. Mm. And also, make it more powerful outside of a vessel. I mean, I don't know that they're more powerful 
as smoke, but <laughs> then they're going to go and possess somebody else, and now who's it going to be? I didn't understand either why they couldn't exercise it directly from the person into hell. The only thing I can rationalize here is they haven't read... No. Because they learn how to do the circle from Bobby, right? Uh-huh. So Bobby's the one who teaches them the good demon lore. So at this point in time, they're functioning off of what they can learn from John's notes. So we're right. learning here that John was pretty good, but he didn't get it all. Right. They're they're operating on bad information. And like at this point, he's gone on without his journal and he's learning things beyond what they have. This is John's first journal. Somewhere <laughs> out there, there's a second and third journal with updated information. It'd be cool if they find Dad's second journal. <laughs> Sam can suck it! Because Dean's Walkman comes in super handy right about now. Mm-hmm. I mean, how else are you going to EMF scan an entire plane without being super obvious? Um, By it being in a fucking Walkman. With your headphones oh, yeah. in. I mean, maybe they'll think you're really old school because I think the iPods were out at this time and Walkmans were a little out. Like, you would at least have a CD player, but still. Yeah. I noticed something. Um, I watched the episode a couple of times uh, last night and earlier before we got on the phone. Uh, um, there's a part where he's walking up or down the aisle, scanning people, and somebody like nods at him and he nods back and i swear to god it looks like a how you doing (laughs) Uh, that was the girl with the headphones on right no it was a guy kindle (gasps) what oh my gosh i want to stop the podcast now and go find it i am (laughs) here for bisexual dean yeah and it was like he nodded back but then he like turned away like he was embarrassed and i was like was that how you doing maybe jensen ackles is by and it just plays out into dean's character <laughs> i don't know okay i'm gonna go, go back and watch that Do it. i'll put that clip in the episode and it, <laughs> it'll just be the static background noise of the show and me going bow chick bow bow <laughs> <laughs> So they have 15 minutes left, and they still haven't found this demon. Dean hears the EMF freak out when a pilot exits the bathroom. He says, Christo, bam, we've got our guy. He hears them say Christo, Christo, and he reacts. He should know that they saw his eyes. So why is he not more concerned? Because honestly, like, okay, those guys totally made me when the stewardess came up and was like, hey, can you come... Look at this over here. I'd have been like, no, I gotta stay here and fly the plane because I would know that those two motherfuckers are on to me. Yeah, I know. It it was not well done. The only way I could maybe sort of headcanon it is one of two ways. One, he thought he could go back and take on these two measly humans. Or he thought it was a random happenstance. Like, yes, people just mutter Cristo around me all the time. It happens. <laughs> Totally normal occurrence. They don't know what they did. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's they the don't know only what they two know. ways I can headcanon it, but you're right. It's sloppy writing. They wanted to have a cool shot for the TV moment, but then didn't make it make sense later. Right. I gotcha. I'm with you. So they go to tell Amanda, because with 12 minutes left, they have nothing to lose but their lives. 
Which is basically what Dean says. Because Sam says, she's never going to believe us. And he's like, what the fuck does it matter? We're about to die. (laughs) Without expressly cluing her in on the supernatural, they do get her to confess to seeing some weird things. And to do whatever she can to get the pilot back, back to where they are. So they can ambush him. Two things. One, she doesn't really say that he had black eyes. What does she say? He had weird eyes? Or maybe she just stops. On 2485, there was this uh, this man. He had these eyes. Yes, that's exactly what we we're talking about. Well, I don't understand. What do you they stop her before finding out if it was actually a demon or not. All I could think was, what if she was just a really racist person? <laughs> you know? And I, I don't really want to follow how that would have all played out. Uh-huh. But they made a few leaps of logic here about her as a person and what she could have seen and her mental state. <laughs> they're just, they're, they're making an awful lot of conclusions, I feel. But yeah. she buys it. I think the only way she buys it is because she is so fresh from a crash that it really is worth her job to prevent another crash, no matter how small of a chance it is. Right. Or, or she thinks these two are psycho and... <sighs> The co-pilot is the best security this plane has. Given that she saw the black eyes, and given that she already survived a plane crash, and given that they just told her that Chuck was dead, I probably would have believed them too, Mm. right up until they decked the pilot in the face. Oh my gosh. Not only did they deck him, they tape his mouth shut. Which, how is the demon going to get out now, Dean? Which, he doesn't know that. I'm sorry. Uh, no, think about it. Think about it, Kendall. This is after 9-11-01. Like, uh, yeah. I straight up would have thought they were terrorists. Yeah, but here's another step, Hannah. Speaking of 9-11-01 and all the propaganda that was being stewed at that time about Islam and the Middle East in general, if you saw these two guys pour a clear liquid onto somebody's skin that bubbled up and burned through their shirts and burned their skin, what do you think they are pouring on them? Acid. Acid. <laughs> and she's just saying, what's wrong with him? I think what's wrong with him is he has acid being poured on him right now. Yeah. <sighs> but Amanda, who whom we have had nothing, no reason but to love up until now, is suddenly okay with the torture of a pilot. And she doesn't believe in anything supernatural happening. So she thinks maybe this pilot is about to cause a plane crash. Regardless... It is not okay to pour acid on a person <laughs> when you're just trying to subdue them. I mean, I can I can only chalk it up to trauma. Poor girl. She don't know what's going on. She doesn't even scream. No. God. Anyways, I'm really glad that in the future, Holy Water doesn't acid pop their skin. Because after they exercise the demon, that poor pilot has ridiculous burns, permanent scarring. Yeah. Ugh. So Sam starts chanting, demon fights back, he gets loose enough just to taunt Sam about Jess's death. His voice is deeper than on the recording. He has different vocal cords to work with now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna canon it as that. Okay, but still, this episode is pretty lackluster on its demon lore. I, I, absolutely, I agree. Also lackluster is the camera work here. Like, the shots and the angles, the music. It's seriously out of a cliched 70s poltergeist exorcist horror film. 
And not in a good way. And ugh, it feels like you went back in time and went into a bad show instead of what should be a decent TV show. It gets better. It gets better. Just like being gay, it gets better. <laughs> they kick the demon out. And just as the demon's leaving the body, it has enough energy to kick John's journal with all the chance all the way down the plane. <laughs> and it... So it went so far. The pilot does not skip leg day. He has a workout <laughs> regimen because he sits for most of his job, so he is mm -mm -mm on it with his workout routine. Just sent that journal flying all the way up to the cockpit. The gunpowder demon flies into the plane and can now control mechanics, which it makes sense that our demon is an adrenaline junkie because if making planes crash was its only agenda, it would just possess the planes every time instead of possessing people. Uh -huh. So it, it must just crave that adrenaline. And that's why it possesses the people and not the machinery because here it clearly possesses the machinery and makes it go into a nosedive. Right, so it's still getting the death and destruction, but it's not feeling it. He's not getting pleasure from this. He says, right. you know, this... This actually doesn't hurt me as much as it hurts you, and that saddens me. <laughs> Sam chases the journal down the aisle, and we get our famous Dean freaking out in the plane shot. A lot of famous Love shots it. from this episode. Um, one, I'm surprised that Sam wasn't trampled, like just splaying out on the floor like that. And two, I wonder if any of the passengers that, you know, survived, well, they all survived in this one. <laughs> but, like, their therapy sessions afterwards, like, and I swear there was this man chanting in Latin right next to me the whole time. <laughs> they, they would, the, the counselor would probably chalk it up to, he was probably saying some sort of prayer. Like, <laughs> holding his ro rosary beads and praying. Exactly. You know, that everything would be fine. And the brain would then trick that person into retelling the story of their trauma into, oh, that guy was saying a prayer. And that makes sense now. Sam stays so cool. Just minty, fresh, mountain air cool. <laughs> and finishes the chant, exercising the demon with weird electricity. This might be the only unhaunting of a machine we see <laughs> in the series, maybe? No? No? No. Do the other electronics that are possessed by demons do weird, quickly electricity things? Well, we have possessed electronics later on, but it's not a demon. That's what I'm saying. Demon-possessed electronics. Maybe all demon-possessed electronics do lightning, and we just never see it because we never get that again. And all this while, Dean is taking deep, calming breaths and trying to overcome his own personal trauma. <laughs> Can I just say... This whole thing, I think, was really Sam's get. I feel like he did the bulk of the grunt work in terms of investigation and putting the pieces together. Yeah, he carried this case. He did the chance. He completed the chance. He stayed cool, cool and calm under pressure. Even when the death of his, the love of his life was being thrown in his face. Not to undermine Dean. Dean was like the muscle and the scout. He was on it. But mark this under Sam. Way to go, Sam. In the aftermath, we hear Amanda and the co-pilot co getting interviewed. Amanda mouths thank you to the boys. And once they have officially gotten their thank you, they leave. I, f I feel bad for the pilot mm. the most because, like, he doesn't remember anything. And that's, like, 
so many lives that he was responsible for. And and he's like, I have no idea what I did. And that's a, it's a really scary feeling. There's only been a couple times in my life where either I know I've lost time or I've been accused of losing time and of doing things in that time. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, it really fucks with you. Oh, yeah, like I have, I have a terrible memory. Mm-hmm. I I forget most most everything. And so it's always strange when people tell me of things that I've done and, like, I want to, like, defend myself, but I'm like, I don't actually remember, but I don't think I did that. You should just have a camera on you at all times. <laughs> Hannah, why is your hand holding your phone out at that angle? I'm just recording this for posterity, and... I don't I don't want to forget anything. Or, like, I don't want to be accused of doing dumb shit. I want to refer back to this and be like, look, I didn't do the dumb shit. I told you! I told you! <laughs> they walk off, and Sam wonders how the demon knew about Jessica. Dean rationalized to him by saying that demons read minds and lie. Read minds? That Do demons read minds? I don't know. They can read the mind. Like, different demons have different powers. Most demons have, you know, the same kind of common powers. But, like, yeah, stronger different demons have different powers. And some can read minds. Okay, but Hannah, is this one of those demons that can read minds? This is a demon that got defeated by baby Sam and baby Dane. Probably not. Yeah. No. So. This demon does actually know what the fuck he's talking about. Yes, and demons do lie, but they also tell the truth when they know it'll hurt more. And you can bet that Mr. Yellow Eyes is in touch with every demon that is on the surface and is using them. So, uh, Amanda may not know, quote-unquote, the truth, but Jerry does. They go close the case with him in person because... And Dean finally asks, at the very end of the episode... (laughs) Hey, by the way, how did you get my brand spanking new phone number? And apparently when you call John, his voicemail tells you how to get in reach with Dean if he doesn't answer. Which I'm wondering when they changed that because Sam was like, I've called his number a dozen times and I got nothing, so. Um, because these boys are millennials. And like true millennials, they hang up as soon as the voicemail starts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, leave a voicemail? Are you kidding me? No way. (laughs) So they call their dad's phone number and they listen to the voicemail that he has left because they couldn't believe Jerry when he said, yeah, John left your phone number so that people can get in touch with you. He sure did, didn't he? He sure did. (laughs) Sam gets really emotional at this and I couldn't really put my finger on why, whether it's teary-eyed and pouty. Yeah, well, was it at hearing his dad's voice, period? Like, when's the last time he heard John's voice? Is it at the yeah. feeling that maybe John has been avoiding them? Because yeah. they, quote-unquote, didn't get the voicemail? Or yeah. is it at John talking about Dean but not talking about Sam? Yeah. The hearing that singular, get in touch with my son, Dean. I don't know. It could go with all of the above. Well, okay, all of the above. All good. I mean, it's it's a really emotional and confusing time for Sam, so just, like, give him some space, please. Yes, I know. He's... I know. I should treat him with more respect right now. And I, I, I am treating with him respect. I just want to understand the root of what he is feeling at that moment, you know? Yeah. The combo of daddy issues and death, it's... Jeez. <laughs> a last little bit of trivia. Something about telephones. Something about telephone number stuff. Again, eyeballs, ow, did not read a lot. 
Apparently, at one time, the phone number that John gave in the voicemail was an actual phone number. And maybe it is still. I don't know. I didn't call it. A functioning phone number that you could call and you would get Dean's voicemail message. And they changed it to a phone number that if you called, it was a recording of Dean leaving a voicemail for his dad. I I don't know. Telephone. Telephone number stuff. Back when people called telephone numbers. (laughs) not really a thing anymore it's no it's not why would you talk to somebody with your voice box when you have fingers god everybody does sign language now (laughs) it's so much more convenient Ah. i mean i can spell my name i can say thank you and spring like the season i can say jesus and king and lord of lords (laughs) 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 and all the yeah. Mm. All right, Hannah. Let's go on to the themes. I have a couple of those. Oh my gosh, so do I. Paint the sky. Paint the sky. My first one is Dean being ingenuitive, outside the box smart. Absolutely. Dean is smart. I know he yes. made the EMF reader. Yes. I know he rebuilds the Impala. Mm-hmm. And I know he's smart. What are other examples that I can't think of right now? Um, He reads Kurt Vonnegut. He is well-read. You are right. And he does no random shit. I, that's something I... Ugh, I love Smart Dean. Like, yes, okay, fine. Sam, you're smart. Blah, who cares? Give me Smart Dean. Yeah, he, he knows a lot of pop culture that Sam just doesn't get. Uh, it's kind of disgusting when you go to the Supernatural Wiki and they list the trivia and references. And every other line is a reference to some sort of pop culture thing. Because all Dean did in those motel rooms growing up was watch TV and he watched movies. He knows them all. He knows yeah. them all. This is a very short theme. <laughs> My short theme is Cristo. <laughs> it never comes up again, ever. Hannah, I know you're yeah. not caught up. Season 14, they use Cristo. <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? It's a theme now. <laughs> Holy freaking. This This week, my wife and I caught up on Supernatural. And <laughs> oh, I'm mad. In the I'm episode mad. called Optimism, one of the characters uses Christo. <laughs> and I, I, like, sat up. I was shocked. Shocked. And then Spoiler. I came to watch this episode, and I hear Christo. Spoiler. Oh, come I'm on. I'm so mad at you. Oh, shut the fuck up. Fine. Really? It's a spoiler? Well, I'm excited now. I'm mad at you and okay. excited. Why do you mad? I didn't say who said it or what the situation was or what was going on. Yeah, but this one thing we haven't seen since season one, they finally do it again. I didn't know. But, 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 but it's funny. <laughs> it was 13, 13 season, 13 years. <laughs> 13 years. 13 years. I've been waiting. <laughs> In Azkaban. <laughs> oh, here, here's Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. A whole human being was born and hit puberty before they said Cristo again. Oh, man. <laughs> and I was supposed to not say that because of spoilers. Hannah, we are a spoiler-filled podcast. God, we gotta get you Wi-Fi so you can catch up. Yeah, we're supposed to spoil them. You're not supposed to spoil me. Everything I have seen is up for grabs because I don't know what 
belongs to which season, unless I've done the research. Uh, good point. So. Another theme. It's a very big, giant, neon sign, obvious theme. Mm-hmm. Demons. Yes. This is our first demon, but man, we will have so many. How about we, we just so cover many. the things that are not the same in this episode? Black eyes are the same. Holy water. It's it's a little less owie in the future. Yeah. Possession is the same, only it's through the mouth and not through the eyeballs. Sulfur's the same. Yeah, and it can be anybody weakness or no. Yeah. Exorcism, they get better at exorcisms. Yeah, uh, Sam actually has it memorized at some point. All, all I know is, Audi knows, bitch. <laughs> that's, that's the only part I know. <laughs> I really like um, Alistair's angel exorcism. Ooh. What is Mecham Firma? Like, I dig <laughs> it. I do like the lat- Latin chanting. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun. It's melodic. It's fluid. I was a little disappointed in this, in this one. Just a, just a little bit. Just a little. Just a little bit. Better. A big ass honking theme is alias costumes and disguises. We have our first suit. <sighs> yes. Yes. And we have some new IDs and. I don't know these, but I guess we can keep track of them. When he calls Amanda on the phone, he introduces himself as the lead singer, guitarist person thing of Metallica. So He was humming Metallica on the plane. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a, that's a theme. I, not so, I don't care so much about who they introduce themselves as, because I'm, I'm not a names of people kind of thing. But the, the clothes. Right. Ugh. I love the clothes. I love the costumes. I love the disguises. Yeah. So good. The other, like, little small one. These are actually very small. Uh, motels. Motels are constant, constant theme. The, oh, I already spoke to security. Or, funny, security was already here. (laughs) That happens twice in this episode, and it's gonna happen quite a lot in this show. This, I don't know if it's a theme. It might be rare, but someone else bringing them the case? Yeah. Like, reaching out to them. I th- I feel like it happens a lot more as the seasons go on. As they're yeah, once they make a network of people that they interact with, yeah. Mm-hmm. And as they gain notoriety. But this is the first time they have it brought to them. Yes. The, oh, here, this is what it stands for. I have it in my notes. Go me. Electronic voice phenomenon. Not every voice power. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. This is the second time we've had some EVP this season. Uh, some horny Dean. Apparently, Dean makes eyes at a gentleman on the plane. But also as yeah, he's... Yeah, yeah, you go look that up. You go look that <sighs> up. You'll see what I'm talking about. It's a very... How you doing? Ugh, I'm so excited. I did catch, though, as he's leaving the copy store, a woman's walking in, and as he turns away, he goes, Wow. Like, ugh. <laughs> All right. Horny Dean. And Sam, yoga, health stuff. Dean teases him about it. And I I like, that's an aspect of Sam I really enjoy. I think it's really cute how, not cute as in infantile or condescending, but cute in the juxtaposition of him being this rough and tough hunter in this very alternative occult lifestyle. And he still wants to make sure he eats his veggies. Yeah. And gets his cardio in. Cobb salad. Love it. 
tell me, what did you hate and what did you love? What I hated, and I feel like I'm nitpicking. Oh, but I love the I nitpick. Really, <laughs> I really hated the, the the demon lore in this one. Like, mm. they they get better with that a lot. Mm-hmm. That's what I hated. I hated the graininess of the smoke. Like, I feel like the effects get better. The smoke gets better. And, like, you mentioned how the holy water left these giant blisters on him. I didn't like that. That's just... (sighs) That's gross. You know, maybe I'll take it back. Maybe it would have been better if they left the gross acid-like reaction and they have the holy water. Because maybe then, down the line... It would have given Dean and Sam more respect for killing demons in their human vessels. Because hmm. at some point, they just give up on doing exorcisms. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there's, there's a definite span of time where it's like, a slice here, a slice there with that demon knife, willy-nilly. And maybe the point of, the turning point for them was when the demon, they saw the demon kill the vessel. And still inhabit and live in the vessel. Mm -hmm. So maybe going forward, they just assume, yeah, you're probably dead anyways. (laughs) It's like 50-50. Like, yeah, they could be dead already. Mm -hmm. Or they could not. But right now I have a demon to deal with. There's also that episode where they do exercise the demon. And then the kid comes back and is causing havoc because he wants his demon back. Yes. And they ruined his life. By ex- God, that was such a fascinating episode. Maybe it's just easier to kill <laughs> the vessel the demon is in. As much angst as it causes Dean in, at the end of this first season, when he kills his first quote-unquote human being, uh, they become real killers later on. They don't give mm-hmm. a fuck about the human cost alongside the <laughs> demon cost. Alright, what did uh, you hate specifically the camera work on the plane and Mm -hmm. in general the sloppy writing i enjoyed the character of jerry i wish he could have been a contact throughout the whole show same i guess we never deal with planes again so they never thought to bring him back (laughs) but a not a not a lot of writing took us from his character into why he was there or why he had a microscope Exactly. From one place to the next. They did, they just took us A, B, and C and no explanation or what thread do you in do, between. Jerry? Exactly. What does Jerry do? How come Jerry has a mini lab in his office? Why do they drive? They landed somewhere up in Western Canada. We have clearly established. Why do they drive all the way back to Pennsylvania to close this case with Jerry face to face? How did Dean and Sam? I mean, they probably just could have called him and been like, Hey, we took care of it. Also, how do you know our number, Beachy Dubs? (laughs) Yeah, how did Dean and Sam know the real guys had, the real Homeland Security guys had shown up? Also, Sam and Dean explaining demonology to each other on the plane. Like, what if she's possessed? Oh, I brought holy water. No, I've got something better. Say God's name. Like, come the fuck on, Sam. Why ask a question? No, why ask a question when you already know the answer? Gah. Yeah. Good point. I get it. It looks good on TV. It makes a story go. But with better writing, I think you could have kept me in the show the whole time. And instead of having me stop and go, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> in terms of conveying information to the viewer in a way that isn't just stupid, 
a good example is seconds after Sam asks a question that he already knows how to answer, they have a conversation of how to say God's name. <laughs> and Sam says, Cristo, and Dean replies, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I feel like Dean did know that. Yes, Dean knew all of this. Sam knew all of this. Apparently, they didn't talk about it in the car. <laughs> They waited till the last fucking second to decide how they're going to exercise this demon, besides a lot of squats and jumping jacks. <laughs> they could have written this a lot better, I feel. It, this wasn't the worst episode, it wasn't horrible, but there are so many moments where you're taken out. Yeah, I mean, I liked Dead in the Water better. I liked the Wendigo better. I think so far Wendigo is my favorite episode of this season. <laughs> <laughs> they they could have done more, but they didn't do bad with what they had. So, Dead in the Water has been my favorite so far. I seem to remember having a lot of issues with Dead in the Water. I haven't gone back to listen to it yet, but... Well... <laughs> I seem to remember being very... You had reasons. I had vitriol. <laughs> Hannah, why did you love this episode? Actually, like, what I wrote down... I still feel that way, but I feel this way more since we've discussed the episode. I loved Dean being afraid. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that, like, I'm glad that he was scared out of his wits. I mean, like, how you mentioned, like, his kind of, like, macho man bravado in the beginning of the episode. And then we have him, like, trying to stay calm on the plane and then to full-on freak out, arms to the wall, scared out of his wits. Mm -hmm. His whole portrayal of his fear it is just, I liked that. <laughs> I wonder how hard he will try to cover up his fear after this, since his fear was so great he had no choice but to be emotionally honest in front of his brother. Yes. And especially his little brother, I get that. You want well, to- Well yeah, you want to act like everything's okay, you want to be the strong one, you want to be the one to protect because you're mm -hmm. older. Mm-hmm. And it, it would be more difficult to show your vulnerable side when you're the one who's supposed to protect. Yeah, it's, a, it's often a conscious choice to be vulnerable. It's Again, it's gotten easier as we've all gone into adulthood. Mm -hmm. But especially when we, when, especially when you and our brother were much younger, it was very hard to show a vulnerable side because of that feeling that somebody needs to be the strong one in this scenario. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to be in control in this situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, getting deep. Shut up. Move on. <laughs> Do you know what I loved about this case, Hannah? Tell me what you loved about this case, Kendall. They solved it! <laughs> They did. They did research. They followed yes. through. They implemented the research. I mapped it out. A case was given to them. They ID'd the ghost voice. They interviewed survivors. They investigated their wreckage. They pieced together that it was a demon and its pattern. They secured all the survivors. They chased down the last survivor. They su exercised the demon successfully, if clumsily, and the plane landed safely, and nobody else died once they identified the case. They did so good. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, additionally, to piggyback on what you loved, I love Jensen Ackles acting through all of this. There's still the moments here and there between the two of them of bad acting, but not so much on Mr. Ackles' part. And as good as he is at dramatic acting, he really shines through in his comedy. 
He dies. And obviously he played uh, Dean in the corner of the plane, his arms stretched out screaming. He played that for comedy. But even though it's all played for comedy, it's also played for real. Mm. And I think that's such a beautiful line that he's able to stand on. Yeah, he did a phenomenal job of that. Just the, like, yes, this is funny for the audience, but you can also see the real fear of Mm -hmm. this character. Mm -hmm. It's something that you can watch in the moment and enjoy and not think too deeply on. But if that is a fear you connect to, yes, I would be in that corner just... I would too. And it would not be funny. Next time, Hannah, we are watching Season 1, Episode 5, Bloody Mary. Synopsis is, according to IMDb, A game of Bloody Mary unleashes a ghost who lives in mirrors and kills by gouging out the eyes of her prey. Sam and Dean must find a way to stop her before she claims another victim. Interesting we have eyes carrying over from Phantom Traveler into Bloody Mary. Yeah. I'm sure you remember this episode clearly. Oh, yes. I remember this episode clearly. There's definitely, you know, things I like about it and things that I don't. The biggest being the cheesiness. That's I mean, I think I they say. worked well with it. Like, they made it scary. Mm-hmm. But every time I think of it, I'm just like, really? Blood, Bloody Mary? That's what you, uh... <laughs> that's what you went with? That's what you went with here? Uh, Ugh, okay. Better than the creepy clowns. Give me Bloody Mary any day. <laughs> better than the bugs. God. Uh, Give me five more Bloody Marys instead of any bugs. I'm not looking forward to that episode. Oh, my God. I'm not looking forward to that episode either. All I really remember about this is, again, I agree, it was cheesy and a hard solve, if I remember. Like, it was hard for them to figure out how to fix this issue. Yeah, and it was a lot of, like, towards the end, it was like, it just went with luck on that one because I didn't know that would work. Yeah. And it resulted in enough broken mirrors to account for the next 13 seasons of bad luck. Yep. Ooh, maybe the mirrors are the in-canon reason for why Dean and Cass aren't together yet. And also why all of Sam's relationships have failed. (laughs) We'll get to it. I also wonder if Wincess shippers hate us so hard and aren't even listening. I don't hate Wincess shippers. It's just not my I shit. Read a, I read a, I had, I read a Wincest fic once. Where, okay, so then maybe you know. Where does Wincest start? Like, in Destiel, it's pretty obvious. Once Castiel steps on the scene, Destiel starts. Where does Wincest start? It ranges. Mm. It can start anywhere. Huh? I just, they're brothers. Well, actually, um... I mean, yes, they are. But this brings up a really funny story, Kendall. Um, I was telling my roommate, Brett, my friend Brett, about how you had mentioned, like, oh, what if, you know, people really like us and we get big? And he said that people would start shipping us like they ship Sam and Dean. And he even gave us a ship name. Oh, no. Handle. Oh, no. <laughs> That's so him. I thought I would pass that on to you. Um, it's probably going to happen. Oh. Oh, no. I mean, that's a, that's a great <laughs> ship name. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that is the perfect ship name. But, oh, no. I mean, if that's, if that's what you guys want to do, listeners, if that's what y'all want to do, okay. Uh, all right. All right I, if I you respect see that. The, the, 
subtext in our content. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna. More yuck power on your to yum. you. Just, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't want to see it. You Hannah, don't have to share it with us. Hannah, I love you. No, but not that way. No, no. <laughs> oh God, what a weird way to end this. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, that that's going to do it for us, folks. <laughs> My name is Kindle. You can find me on Tumblr at Kindle Abroad. I've never spelled it, I don't think. It's K-I-N-D-L-E-A-B-R-O-A-D. You know, just spell it the right way. <laughs> the only way, stupid. Bad. Um, I am Hannah, and you can find me at Jailbreak Fiend for Tumblr or everything overlord i guess i can spell it j-a-i-l-b-r-e-a-k-f-i-e-n-d which i feel like that takes a long time and you don't need to spell everything overlord it's everything overlord Overlord. and our overlord well i say our he's mine he's definitely yours well he's yours as well (laughs) our overlord is misha collins natch it's misha blanche on Tumblr. Uh, you can also find us at Sisters Talk Brothers at Gmail. That'll get either one of us. And I'm really looking forward to people's feedback and Me too. tidbits and extra info and things we missed and maybe one day we can have a whole section where we just talk about things people sent in and this will be a three hour podcast. <laughs> Alright, do the thing Hannah. Alright, I'm gonna do the thing. Tune in next week for more monsters, more brothers, and more sisters. Bye-bye.